Adventures with Words is brought to you by Audible. Try Audible free for 30 days and download any audiobook for free. For your free trial, go to www.adventureswithwords.com forward slash audible. Hello and welcome to Adventures with Words, where we explore storytelling in all its forms. I'm Rob. I'm Kate. And later on we'll be discussing the Diagram Prize for the oddest book title. But first of all, I thought we'd talk about giving up. Uh, a few weeks ago we were talking about the Oscar-nominated films, and one of them we talked about was Zero Dark Thirty. Now... This is one of the films that you didn't quite get on with. Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say. I'm, I'm normally quite a, a good film watcher. I'm normally quite tolerant of all sorts of rubbish, but I really didn't enjoy Zero Dark Thirty at all. So you gave up after an hour. I did actually carry on and finish it. But this got yeah. me thinking, you know, when it comes to reading books or watching films and you're really not getting on with it, you know, when should you give up? Should you give up at all? Or, I mean, we went to a talk uh, with Mark Billiam and he said, mm. you know, life's too short to end up reading bad books. Yeah, and I mean, they, uh, it's he and Martin Waits were you know, even saying to the point of like throwing a, bo- a book across the room in frustration sort mm. of thing. And I think one of them was saying about reading for sort of 40 pages or so, and that should be enough for you to get an idea. And what you, I think the other one said, you know, oh, I, I wouldn't even go past 10 pages. See, I've heard, I've heard a number of different sort of rules. Some people say you've got to give it 80 pages is one that I've heard. Mm. Um, you know, I've given up books. We'll, we'll talk about those later, but after about a couple of hundred, but... You know, when's when's the right time to give up? Certainly with a film that's only two hours long, I, I guess you can normally stick with it. Yeah. But a book takes up, you know, a considerable more amount of time. Uh, about a few weeks ago, someone was talking about giving up Wolf Hall after only a page. Now, in my opinion, that's a bit too short for any book to yeah, give up. I think, I mean, we, we read Wolf Hall for our, our book group. And certainly when it's a book group book, I think, um, although I, I have to admit I didn't actually finish it by the time we got to book group, I did keep reading until I'd finished it. And certainly for a book group book, I don't think I would ever not read it, even if I wasn't enjoying it that much. Well, the one book that I gave out recently was actually a book group book. <laughs> uh, that was The Tiger's Wife by Tia Albrecht. I was, I think I gave up after 120 pages. It wasn't clicking with me. I wasn't enjoying myself. I then went along to book group and said, right, I didn't finish it. They asked me where I'd stopped. And basically, straight after where I'd stopped, everyone said it just got absolutely fantastic and amazing. <laughs> so kind of a slow start and then it and then it really picked yeah. up. I mean, possibly it's because I was also reading it to a deadline and I was rushing it. But I, it just, mm. yeah, it was a very slow start. I couldn't figure out where it was going. Yeah. I wasn't enjoying it. But yeah, everyone said that basically I gave up at just the moment where it started to get good. Yeah, I think giving up anything is, you know, like that sort of reading a book, watching a film or, you know, with TV series work. It's a bit of a gamble yeah. because you're never going to know then if there was something brilliant that you missed out on unless you do something like that and, and go and talk to a group of people and they tell you. So what was the last book that you, you gave up on? Um, I think the last book that I gave up on was probably NW by Zadie Smith. Um, I, that was really disappointing, to be honest. I was really looking forward to reading it. And I think I, mean, I talked on here about I how much saying, I was looking yeah. forward to it. And Zadie Smith, you know, I knew Zadie Smith. I remember you being quite excited by that. Yeah, absolutely. And I I loved On Beauty. I really thought that was fantastic, which is set in, uh, I think, Boston. And it's all to do with a, a university lecturer and sort of about sort of love affairs but and family relationships. So I just thought that was a really good um, sort of f- um, like family relationship drama but very intelligent and very well written really beautifully written so i'd i'd got I'd, i think i got you know very high expectations or, or high hopes anyway of what this was going to be like and it just didn't live up to it 
No, um, I certainly the first sort of maybe 50 pages or so, I was really intrigued by it. I thought it was written in a really interesting way. Again, I really enjoyed that um, sort of quite slow, but very detailed, very descriptive, quite almost poetic. But I think at the the more I read, the more I realised it hadn't really gripped me that much. Um, the main character, I, I kind of found a bit annoying. She was quite um, sort of petty. Uh, she was sort of uh, getting bothered about problems which I I don't know I kind of felt like I couldn't really sympathize with her about that with them uh, with her about them that much because they seemed to be kind of problems of her own making really you know she she was sort of faffing about not sorting things out and then getting all stressed and upset and I, I that just kind of annoyed me a bit really and um the the way in which it's written it, it goes between different characters perspectives and when you switch perspective it's, it's mainly in the in the main female characters sort of narrative voice but when you switch to the other characters the the writing style changes to kind of reflect the way that they would speak so the the main character is married to a a sort of north african french guy and when you're with him it's this it's almost sort of very far very loosely punctuated almost kind of stream of consciousness type thing because he's supposed to be very impulsive and, and whatnot but then once it's done that a few times I kind of felt like I got the idea it, it, there wasn't really anything that was kind of pulling me along with it and in the end I thought I just didn't I just didn't really care about her that much to bother keeping on reading because it, it hadn't been that exciting so far so I wasn't necessarily that worried about keeping on and finding out how it was going to turn out because with me the tiger's wife that was obviously a uh, book group book mm. so I went there and we you know we discussed the ending yeah uh, so yeah it's kind of I know I can't know what happens at the end but uh I was asked will I carry on reading it yeah. But I pick it up later on. Now, I probably won't because I do know what's happened. But mm. for you, with NW, it's been, what, a couple of weeks, a month now? A few oh, months? no, long, long time. So, um, so it's quite months. a while. Yeah, yeah. so you've, you've let it rest. You've let it settle. Mm-hmm. Are you tempted to go back and find out what happened? If I'm honest, not really. Um, I think... <laughs> If it, I mean, I, I didn't stop, you know, near the beginning. I mean, I was probably about halfway through the book and I kind of, yeah, as I say, I kind of felt like I got the idea. I don't know if I ever got really stuck, if I didn't have anything to read, I might go back and, and finish reading it and read a bit more. But I just, I kind of feel like I've got so many things that I'm really excited about reading and I'm really looking forward to them, which I think are going to be good. Then I, I, I probably won't, if I'm honest. I don't know. And I think there's other things as well, which are kind of perhaps similar in tone which I have really enjoyed. And I, I don't know, I kind of, I think I know what's going to happen. I haven't actually talked about any, it to anyone, but something like um, A Week in December, um, I thought that was a great book and that did a similar thing and went between different perspectives of these different people living in London. And, and I have a feeling that NW is headed somewhere quite similar to where that went. And I've already read that and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really tense and really exciting, which is not the feeling that I got from NW. So I'd, ra- I'd rather read something which I think is exciting. I think that's the thing. So you got to about halfway through yeah. and then you gave up. So there is obviously a few ideas about when you should give up, <laughs> uh, you know, 40 pages, 80 yeah. pages. I think for me, that's quite a difficult rule to stick to because I think obviously some books are longer than others mm. I mean when when you stopped reading The Tiger's Wife how how far had you got would you say you know well I was I know book? I was about 120 pages yeah. in and I think there's sort of of 300 yeah. 400 pages 
I think that's possibly longer than I would have done. I mean, I was trying to figure this out. If you're reading a massive Dickens, for example, mm. <laughs> and you're only giving him 80 pages, then possibly the story hasn't even got going. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. Dickens. So, I mean, something like Bleak House or whatever, yeah. which is, what, 800 pages probably as a characters, standard paperback or something? There's probably characters you haven't even met yet or, you know, yeah. hasn't oh, got Yeah, well, so. certainly. So do you think there should be like a, a 10% rule, <laughs> so which is flexible? Um, or oh, I'd say halfway. You got halfway through. Yeah, yeah. I think By that point, you should know where it's going or yes, what's happening. definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about, you know, the structure of a book, you normally sort of have like the three acts don't you you know that and sort of i you know i'd had what i would have thought of as the whole first act where you've met all the characters and it's setting up the premise and whatever and i still yeah you know i was into the middle of the book and that should have been you know the meat of the story and i yeah there just sort of wasn't anything to get my teeth into but yeah so i guess what i would say is you know if you're thinking about something like that i mean then you can divide it roughly into thirds can't mm. you yeah you know and if if you've read the first third of the book that should really have hooked you in and got your interest and something mm. should be getting you know there should have been some problem or so you know whatever so yeah with the tiger's wife i probably yeah. was about a third yeah yeah but yeah i mean so you've got to look at the book and think about well what, yeah when's your giving up point <laughs> yeah i think it's going to be different for everyone though isn't it i think if if you're the kind of person where either perhaps you've got a lot that you're supposed to be reading or you've just got a very busy life and you're trying to fit in a bit of reading where you can. I do think, I do agree with what Mark Billiam said, that your time is precious. You know, reading should be, I think, something enjoyable. I don't think you should have like some sort of Puritan guilt about not (laughs) getting to the end of every book, you know, that it's, you know, it might not be enjoyable, but it's good for you in some way, like Victorians jumping in icy baths or something. No, it isn't good for you. Of course it's not. It's horrible get out you know but what if nw has the most amazing ending <laughs> and you you've missed it or, yeah um. <laughs> would it justify having a pretty poor almost you know worth of giving up beginning middle? No, no no definitely not no there's no no there's no point having you're not going to carry on reading in the in the hope that it gets better no i'm not no, no. i don't see why i should yeah. no absolutely not no i've got loads of other stuff that that I already know is going to be more enjoyable than carrying on kind of slogging through a load more in the in the hope that there might be something amazing at the end of it. I know I don't I don't think so. I'm afraid. Mm. No, and if if the ending is that brilliant, then why wasn't the rest of it that brilliant? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's terrible by any means. It's, it's not it's not a dreadful book at all. Mm. But it it just I didn't find it that interesting. I think that's the thing. It's just it's just kind of middling. And I mean, I know I'm I'm sure some people enjoyed it more than I did, but it just yeah, it just didn't grab me. And I'm not I'm not going to force myself to read more when I'm not really enjoying it. I'm afraid. I think that's me. I mean, I don't know if you feel the same or not. I don't think I would want to carry on reading when it feels like a chore. Mm. No. But if we talk about possibly from the writer's point of view, a lot of the advice that's given out is you've got to have a brilliant first sentence, a brilliant Mm. first paragraph to get people going and presumably to get them past the first page. Yeah. Uh, When we saw um, Mark Billiam, he actually read out the first sort of opening chapter, possibly. Yeah, I think it was. Of the new Thorn book that isn't quite out yet. Um, And when he read that out, I said to you afterwards, I was physically cringing it was it made me feel so uncomfortable in, in a good way yeah, mm. in case anyone gets the wrong idea but yeah uh, that was a sort of a you thought it was a suicide slash murder and 
I would quite happily have carried on listening to what he was saying. But yeah. So with, from a writer's point of view, they've got to grab your attention straight away. And obviously what Zadie Smith failed to do was keep that attention. Yeah, I think that's true. I think she she got my attention at the beginning, but you've got to have somewhere to go from your starting point, haven't you? There's got to be, you know, it's like I was saying about the, the Les Mis, that it wasn't, I didn't enjoy it, but it was just all so ramped up. And I think she started um, strongly, but then it sort of all went down and sort of plateaued. And I didn't feel like there was rise and fall in the tension. I didn't feel like there were particular things coming up to to pique my interest and so on. And I think, you know, the, the example you gave there of the Mark Billiam, the first chapter of that, I think often where you're reading kind of crime novels or thrillers, things like that, they are really good because they have to be at creating suspense creating tension getting a getting your um attention straight away and then you perhaps jump to a different scene and then people are trying to investigate to get back to that point that we saw in the first chapter and so they do have up and downs like a like a roller coaster yeah, exactly sort of exactly you up and then yeah lulls yeah and i don't know i mean perhaps by kind of i mean i've had these sort of reading fads of reading loads and loads of um sort of scandy crime stuff and then loads of ya and those are very sort of dramatic and exciting sort of books i don't know if maybe i've kind of spoiled myself for literary fiction or something because of reading those but then again i joined wolf hall i thought it was great certainly um however it was you said that they gave up after the first page i was i went back and looked at the first page and i couldn't quite understand why you'd give up it was very arresting it was very i was intrigued by this this basically opens with um cromwell being being beaten quite badly who is this person why is it happening Mm. mantel obviously got my attention from the first page yeah i mean i felt the same as well actually i think the way that the real strength i felt of that was how quickly you sympathized and cared about Cromwell that by starting with him as this really young vulnerable child immediately you're sort of looking out for him and you're you're sort of worried about the character and how you know how on earth can he go from this to being so because you you already know obviously that he's going to become powerful so it's all about the intrigue and caring about the character and and that really carried me right through and I mean some bits are quite complicated you know we talked about how you know people with the same names and things like this but uh, you know i still was really gripped by it i really did think it was great and you know the the tension right the way through is you're you're hoping everything's going you know you know really it's going to work out quite well but you're you're still kind of rooting for him i thought that was a real strength which i didn't get from nw for example well i think in the nicest possible way it's time we give up on this subject (laughs) uh now last week we were judging books by their covers or talking about Mm -hmm. how important you know the cover was especially in this this age of ebooks etc yeah so now we're going to do something a bit different and we're going to judge some books by their titles. Now, uh, I'm a bookseller, so I do read the Bookseller magazine. So this week we had the uh, the shortlist for the Bookseller Diagram Prize for the oddest title of the year. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know, this started back in 1978 as more of a way of passing the time at the Frankfurt Book Fair. And it's been awarded every year since. Well, I say that it's been awarded because there were two years where there weren't there wasn't a prize 87 and 1991 because they didn't find that there was a book that had an odd enough title. 
Right, okay. Well, you can go to another extreme where in 2004, the bookseller sort of told off publishers for deliberately trying to win this prize. Right. Uh, They said that there were too many self-consciously titled entries, presumably in a bid to emulate the 2003 champion, the Big Book of Lesbian Horse Stories, which I'm sure we've all read. Right, yeah, Yeah. okay. So... uh, I'll read you out the short list. Is it is that stories about lesbian horses? All I know it's the big book of lesbian horse stories. Okay. So you can read into that in a number of ways, but Fair enough. I think you can say that's an odd title that will stick in yes, your head. Yes, definitely. Yep. Right. Yeah. Well, previous winners over the last three years have included crocheting adventures with hyperbolic planes, <laughs> obviously, uh, managing a dental practice the Genghis Khan way. And like last I year's like winner. That one. I want to read that. Last year's winner was cooking with poo. <laughs> there's a Thai so cookbook childish. yeah well so oh this competition is open to members of the public to vote right the shortlist you'll all find at uh, we love this book.com oh excellent uh i believe the closing day is the 17th of march at oh, midnight. so get in there so quickly, there is some guys. time now i haven't told you these no uh because i this was announced last friday mm-hmm. uh so i'll read you out the shortlist and then we'll you can pick up Pick one you want to vote for, okay. and I think I will, and then we'll head off to the website. So we'll start there in no particular order. Uh, the first one was, or is, sorry, Was Hitler Ill? It's published by Polity Press. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a historian and a professor of med- medicine combined documentary material with modern medical analysis to discover whether the Fuhrer was fully responsible for his heinous crimes. That sounds really interesting. I'm yeah, not sometimes sure it's when a particularly you, odd title, though. Sometimes when you read out the synopsis, it kind of spoils the, the magic of it. No, no, not at all. Yeah. No, I think it's a, it's a, it immediately made me think, mm. oh, that's a good question. Well, the panel that picked this uh, said that if they'd called it Hitler's health or Hitler's well-being, it wouldn't have stuck in the head no. so much. So was Hitler ill? That's a, a potential winner there. Uh, moving on, Lofts of North America, Pigeon Lofts. Right. It's a guide to more than 100 pigeon lofts featuring Lovely. pictures of nest birds, perches, breeder cages, feeders, drinkers and much, much more. Okay, I'm not I'm not sure that's an odd title. I think that's just mm. an odd book. Mm. Okay, moving on. Uh, then moving on, we've got God's Doodle, The Life and Times of the Penis. <laughs> that's good. I like that. But what does... Mm, I'm, I'm now thinking about what doodle means mm-hmm. in that context but yeah absolutely yeah no, i like that that's good mm-hmm. that's good then we've got goblin proofing one's chicken coop and other practical advice in our campaign against the fairy kingdom i want to read that please it's Can a manual I, I thought you are actually quite like this yep it's a manual detailing how to identify track defend and destroy bothersome members of the fairy realm see i think that's a good title and it mm. sounds like a great book that's going on my list, please. Now, I've seen this list. This is p- potentially my pick. Okay. And it's How Tea Cozies Changed the World. <laughs> Excellent. Featuring 24 vibrant designs that transform tea cozies into works of art. Fantastic. Well, that sounds really intriguing. Mm-hmm. And then the final one is How to Sharpen Pencils, a practical and theoretical treatise on the artisanal, artisanal craft of pencil sharpening. Well, I don't know about it being an artisanal... Is that mm-hmm. even a word? Well, it's written down as well. Okay. You're oh, an artisan, oh, yeah. an artis- artisanal... Artisan-ish? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I do know someone who managed to give themselves a blister sharpening pencils, so perhaps there is some... Perhaps you do need a guidebook. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good list. I like that. I, I still fancy the one about goblin proofing your chicken coop. Yeah. Yeah, and no, I like the sound of that. Mm. 
Yes, I think that would probably be my pick, well, the, actually. The panel's comments on that was, the panel was split on the decision to recognise this book on the shortlist, but its title is most certainly odd, even if intentionally so. So have they gone for deliberately intentional? Well, no, I don't think they have, because the book is about mm. yeah. trying to get rid of fairies and stuff. So mm. I think it's just an accurate title for that particular book, even if the book itself is a bit odd. Mm. No, I think that's fine. All right, well, if you vote for that one, I'm going to go for the tea cosies, how tea okay. cosies changed the world. The comments in that one uh, was, it's precursor, really wild tea cosies. Wow. That failed to make the 2010 shortlist. Um, we are delighted that the author and the publisher upped the in titular ante in 2012. Do you know why, though? I think it's because it didn't have Michaela Strachan and Chris Packham on the cover. If it had them discussing tea cosies as if yeah. they were sort of wildlife. Exactly. I think they're on to a winner there. Yeah. So not the pencils. No. No, no, I wasn't that bothered about the pencil one. How to shop. And it just, it just sounds a bit like, a bit patronising, perhaps. Mm. It's described as a long-awaited manifesto to the fine art of sharpening one's pencil. An odd book, an odd title, but there's nothing odd about its inclusion on this year's shortlist. Irresistible. <laughs> Maybe that's an early winner. But this is open mm. to the public. Yeah. So you can go to welovethisbook.com and there'll be a list there to the uh, Diagram Prize odd, oddest title of the year. I mean, feel free to obviously make up your own mind. Yeah. Just just because we have our favourites doesn't mean mm. you need to be influenced. You know, it's a completely free choice. Although, obviously, if you all vote for the uh, for the goblin proofing one, I'm sure we can think of a way to reward you. <laughs> I think it's going to be between the tea cosies, the pencils, and the God's Doodle Life and Times of the Penis. Do you, do you think Hitler will fall by the wayside then? I think so. I thought that was a strong contender. No, was Hitler ill? I don't think so. Because people just go yes. And move on. Possibly, yeah. Mm. And I think Loft. I think that's North American quite dull, pigeons. if I'm honest. Well, quite a few of these have been deliberately sort of. Um, mm. They've been like instruction manuals. Yeah. Or sort of journal articles. Previously, we've had things like in 1980, there was The Joy of Chickens, which has actually become a, <laughs> ma a, that's a mainstream book yeah. now. Um, yeah. or, or other ones such as American Bottom Archaeology, Highlights in the History of Concrete. Which was oh, yes. from the British Cement yep. Association. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know for them that's perfectly justifiable. Living with crazy buttocks. I have no idea what on earth would that be. Humorous essays on contemporary culture, including female body image and other topics. Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah. It's the winner, a good title. Yeah, the I winner like after it. the big book of lesbian horse stories was Bombproof Your Horse. It's obviously right. horse. Um, Horses are popular in the in the funny title mm. stakes. Well, actually, you asked what the what the book was about. Uh, Lesbian Horse Stories was eight stories and a pastiche of dime novel stories from different decades, each involving lesbian romance and horses. So it's not lesbian horses. Oh, I see. I'm a bit disappointed now. Mm. That's that's more ordinary, but it's still a good title. It's still an excellent title. Yeah. But I mean, it, there, I don't know. I think there is a bit of a fashion at the moment for people calling their books quite odd things, even mm. when they're just kind of a what you would see as a normal novel. Mm. That you do get some quite kind of long-winded, interesting titles. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know if that's really a, a sort of good selling point or not. Whether perhaps people will forget the book title that they're after Maybe. by yeah. the time they get to the shop. I don't know. I think we'll wrap it up with this one, which was the 2008 winner. The 2009-2014 World Outlook for 60 milligram containers of fromage fray. <laughs> Philip M. Parker, I, I salute you for that. <laughs> right? That's quite a niche market. Well, it came out in 2008, so he was looking forward to 2014 yeah, for yeah, um, 
specifically 60 milligram containers of fromage free. Well, I think it's very important to have accurate projections for those sorts mm. of things. I think that's one you're not going to get in your local bookshop. It might have to be ordered in. Yeah. Um, good luck finding that. But it's a winner. I'm not really sure quite what the winner received. I think it's a bottle of wine. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So what will be this this year's winner? We had Cooking with Pooh last year. I think Pooh was the person's <laughs> name. Yes, it As was. opposed to yes, it what was. we think it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all from us for today. But uh, next week we've got our next book group podcast coming up but in association with Bookplate Books based at Essex Uni. And we're talking about The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Now it seems that that's that's got quite a big reaction. People we've been checking out on Goodreads as people have been posting up their their star ratings, and I mean I've I've had some comments via uh, Facebook from one of my friends about it. Yes, uh, everything I've heard back is so far that this has been the favourite choice so far. A lot of people have read it very quickly. They're struggling to put it down. Mm. Uh, it's the second time I've read it after about ten years or so, and you know I don't want to spoil next week's conversation, but. <laughs> It was just as good as I remembered it to be. Yeah, I mean, I've been really enjoying it, actually. And I mean, I, I sort of mentioned that, as I say, on, on Facebook the other day. One of my friends got in touch to say, oh, that, you know, I really love that book. And she said that actually she had to sort of put it down and have a bit of a think about it a couple of times before then carrying on. And, you know, she even said to me, if you if you feel like you need to do a bit of a joey and put the book in the freezer for a little <laughs> while, then, then you know, she would understand. So that's, that really intrigued me as to what the rest of it was going to be like. I think I'm going to finish it this time. All right. Uh, I've yeah. still got a little bit to go. I haven't quite got to the end. But, I'm uh, looking forward to you to finish it so I can talk to you about it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So we'll be discussing that next week and we'll be podcasting about it for you uh, in time to send that out to you next time. Well, if you've read The Secret History, do get in touch and let us know what you think in time for next week's podcast. Uh, there's a number of ways you can do that. Uh, you can email us. That's contact at eventswithwords.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Word Adventures. There's, you can also like us on Facebook. And you can also subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and you can leave us a review. I've been Rob. I've been Kate. And thanks for listening. Adventures with Words is brought to you by Audible. Try Audible free for 30 days and download any audiobook for free. For your free trial, go to www.adventureswithwords.com forward slash audible. 